I am Janine Dukabu, the author of Intentionality, living a rewarding and intentional life. Unlock your potential. You can live and make an impact every day. As a life and career coach, I'll help you navigate change, overcome obstacles and define your purpose. Passion, power and purpose is what I am all about. Passion for God, passion for life, passion for my family and genuinely caring for people. I am intentional. Join me as we merge passion, power and purpose to create a unique personality, giving you the power to influence and the ability to effectively reign in all aspects of life. Good day and welcome to this episode of 10 Intentional Minutes with Janine. Today I'm sitting with Arjan Kutsia, a clinical psychologist from Tarunga in New Zealand. She currently works at the Mental Health Adolescent Clinic and she's going to share with us today more on the mental health state and what happens to people that have either been a victim or a perpetrator of of, of gender-based violence in the past. Welcome to the show, Arjan. It's an honor to have you here today. Thank you very much. And hello to everyone out there that I can't see. Um, so firstly, I would like to just start off um, by giving a bit of statistics. So um, this was something that that kind of stood out of me, uh, out for me, and I don't want to focus too much on statistics today. But fifty to sixty percent of women that experience um, gender based violence develops a common mental health disorder. Now, a common mental health disorder means depression, anxiety, things that happens um, to most people. But 50 to 60% of gender-based violence, uh, women that experience it, gets a mental health disorder. Whereas if they do not experience gender-based violence, the static will go to a low as 27% of all women. And this statistics was done worldwide. Um, it wasn't just done in South Africa. It was from America, England, um, from Australia, it was um, Canada and South Africa. Sure. All of them put at Good one. Point. And I was just quite shocked. Um, mm. On 50 to 60%, it's a lot that it's you are kind number. of knowing that if you experience this somewhere, mental health disorder is going to come on your path. Mm. What and is then, the. What is the type of violence that, that we associate with gender-based violence? So gender-based violence can also be a really big thing. And gender means gender. It still includes everyone. Mm -hmm. It's still more prominent women than it is men. But um, in our modern world, it's definitely changing a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but the types of violence um, will be physical, sexual, mm -hmm psychological, financial, and financial is one a lot of people forget about. And that would be typical, someone taking control of all your finances, someone using your house that you bought, but they are staying there. 
you being stuck because you don't have money and you can't go anywhere or you don't have the resources. Um, mm. Or it could be someone not giving you access to bank accounts or taking your, as simple as someone just holding your wallet. It can be really simple, but that's also abuse because it takes away your control and your power. And it, and it causes, then, I think, the feeling of entrapment. And a lot of the times the reason why people don't leave that abuse or that, that situation is because of that entrapment and not to have the ability to get out financially. Because it, it um, causes dependence. So mm. they need to be dependent on their perpetrator because that's all they have. Sure. Okay, and a thing that I also want to speak about today is, you know, we've spoken a lot about the adults and what an adult should do when we get when there is a case of gender based violence, whether it is a man or a woman, it's it, it doesn't matter. Like you said, gender means man and woman. Um, but what happens to children? What is what what do we concern or what do we say? What is child abuse? How do we define child abuse? Child abuse is really important because child abuse affects the child, but also adults, and it impacts the adults that of the next generation. So I really think child abuse is really important. So obviously we get the physical child abuse where children mm -hmm. can be physically injured by hitting, it can be pushing, it can be pinching them. Um, in some cultures, it's okay to hit your child over the head when they're being stupid, um, sure. but that is kind of seen as child abuse. So any mm -hmm. physical, um, any physical touch that is against their boundaries, where the kid sure. says no or I don't like it. So anywhere where a physical boundary is crossed, it's physical abuse. Mm. And then we get the typical sexual abuse where every any body boundary is also inappropriately crossed. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to even say much more about that because we are mm -hmm. all familiar. Um, then child neglect is one of the biggest forms of abuse. And this happens so often in the modern world because child neglect is any time when the child feels is emotional as well as physical needs are not met. This could be um, they are left at home alone because mom and dad goes and work or mom and dad go out because they have a drinking problem or there's no one at home to take care of them and they have to make food for themselves, which most of them aren't capable of making balanced nutritional food. There's... Mm -hmm not always food left in the house to cook. Um, they could be too young to make food. Um, it could be not having the appropriate clothing for the season currently mm. that's going on. Um, not having um, bedding or a bed to sleep on or just a soft, comfortable place they know is where they could rest or proper hygiene, self-hygiene. Um, and emotional neglect, being dismissive, um, always being negative, breaking them down and making them think they are bad or they never do anything Not worth right. anything. Not worth anything, making them mm. feel like they 
are unintelligent. They don't have mm. skills complaining all the time. Mm. Um, that is a lot of emotional abuse. And all of that entails child neglect at the end of the day. Um, parents being on their phones all the time and not connecting sure. with the child Real is a form world of problem. emotional abuse, yes. Mm. Um, just ignoring your children at home um, is a form of child neglect. I think it also which... comes down to what we like, like what we always say and talk about is it comes down to being fully present in the moment with your family, with your children. Because if you're not, it, it can be seen as a form of neglect because you're not addressing their emotional needs. And honesty from parents by saying, yo, I had a really terrible week. Can I please have an hour for myself? I'm going to ignore all of you in the house. I will see you in an hour's time. And taking mm -hmm. that time and going being alone, because we mm -hmm. all need time to be alone, but yeah not dismissing other people because they are irritating you because you are not feeling bad and the if communication around it mm. yes i mean mm. it's easy to say it's easy to misunderstand and just go and sit in your room for an hour and nobody understands and they feel neglected it's very different to just say i had a bad week can i just have an hour by myself that's what I need to recharge. I mean, yes. we teach the children as well is some people recharge with people and other people and other people recharge without people. And it's important for us to teach our children that as well is how do you recharge? And then some people, especially if you recharge with people, if you don't communicate to that person, I need some time by myself to recharge, that person automatically sees it as neglect, like you were saying. Yes. Yes, um, they, it's not communicated clearly and they take it personally. Mm. And we have to show our children how we do self-care, how do mm. we regulate emotion, how do we regulate behavior. They see what we do and they do the same. And that's obviously coming down to managing our own mental health and showing them and teaching them from a young age how to do that. What is this feeling I'm feeling? It's anger. How do I handle anger? How do I handle the feeling of, of not a good self-esteem? How can we help them to then get through those things? Yes. Um, and that's so important um, when we talk about gender-based violence or any abuse that's happening. Um, is having open communication and keeping in mind what is the impact we want to leave on another human being. If we leave, what impact do we leave behind? Absolutely. And um, there's literally been, there's been this buzzword that I've been hearing lately around gender-based violence, and it's called secondhand abuse. Can you tell us a little bit around that? What is that? So secondhand abuse or secondhand trauma is kind of um, when someone is not really part of the trauma, the trauma is not happening to them. They are not the ones that is physically be, being hit or someone that are in a car accident, for example. But they mm -hmm. are the people that's on the sideline watching and seeing all of this happening. Mm -hmm. And especially with gender-based violence and violence in the home, domestic violence, this happens a lot. The kids um, or grandparents, whoever is staying in the house, 
is constantly witnessing the abuse. Mm -hmm. And then they become traumatized just like that. Um, children that are exposed to this violence, they don't uh, are not taught boundaries because mm -hmm. they see someone else's boundaries is being overtaken the whole time and breached. So they start doing it with other people. They don't have boundaries. They learn extreme behaviors because they see extreme anger and mm. extreme sadness and um, just a chaotic life and style. So say they live and see everything in extreme behavior. They hear a loud noise and they run and hide in extreme mm. behavior, not something that someone else would say, oh, wow. Where did that mm. sound come from? Mm. Everything happens with them in extremes. Mm. Um, they, it could even happen while someone is pregnant. Um, so someone that's being abused while they are pregnant or already causing distress and abuse to a fetus and oh. impacting um, the development of the fetus. Um, there's a lot of studies that shows that fetuses that goes through uh, traumatic experiences are more in a risk for neurodiversity disorders, um, name autism disorders, ADHD, um, neurological disabilities, um, and then especially anxiety. Sure. Um, and that then is huge because... Yes, and, and and I mean that is what we think is you live in a or people live in a in a home, the child is not getting abused, the mom, for instance, or the dad is 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 getting abused, but it does affect the children and the next generation because those children are now learning basically that exact exact coping mechanisms. And like you say, they live in the extreme, fear is very much part of their life, anxiety is much part of their life, depression is part of their life. It causes low self-esteem due to the due to the neglect that happens in the family, and um, it definitely, definitely, gender-based violence affects the children and the next generation. Even if you are not the person getting abused, yes, um, it makes them feel powerless. They um, struggle to become adults themselves because they don't know how to take. Um, responsibility they don't know proper routines they don't know how to just get up in the morning start a normal day because they've mm. never had a normal day they get up and they look where's the threat what's going to hurt me what's going to happen and then they continue the entire day like that where mm. for most people they're just, it's, that just it's not even a thought it's not even a thought and doesn't this put these children at a risk to when they are older to become the perpetrator itself? Definitely. So um, a bit of research showed that to some of the risk factors for maybe instigating that you could become a perpetrator or a victim would be on top exposure to childhood neglect or childhood um, abuse, um, any adversity. So unfortunately, low social economics um, environment where the basic needs are not met also kind of can contribute to it. 
um, low self-esteem, substance use. But usually when substance use come in, it's also because there's already a coexisting mental health disorder like depression or anxiety or ADHD. And they start to kind of um, try to avoid symptoms, self-medicate so that they can start dealing with these things they are feeling that they don't want to feel. So mm. substance abuse just kind of um, aggravates everything. Mm. Mm. Um, unemployment and then any type of trauma. And interesting enough, this is something um, veterans usually struggle with when they come and have to be rehabilitated back to home. And it sounds weird saying rehabilitated um, to come home. Mm. Um, but seeing with anyone with any war or civil war experience, they tend to be more violent because they were so used to protecting themselves and reacting on instinct that that's mm. what they do in the situations. So it's not always just a bad person that becomes mm. abusive. It's sometimes well, it's always bad behavior, but it can sometimes be a good person that displays really inappropriate bad behavior. And I think that comes down to one of the previous podcasts that we had as well is we are not doing this to bring down the perpetrator or the abuser. We are doing this to educate everybody because even for that person, there is help. Even for that person, there is a way out. There is and I think you used a beautiful word, rehabilitation, because there's a whole lot of new habits and ways and a decision-making process that will have to be relearned and retaught to that person. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what, what would you say is the long-term uh, consequences of this child abuse and the neglect? So long-term consequences can be a lot of things, but it can impact our physical health, then Mm -hmm. it will impact our psychological health, and it will also have an impact on our society and our environment. But firstly, looking at physical health consequences, because this is always surprising to me. Mm. Um, So typical symptoms that we see with people that go through um, trauma experiences, um, diabetes, lung disease, malnutrition, vision problems, um, functional limitations. So um, motor, it's kind of like motor developmental. Motor um, skills, All yeah. of a sudden um, their hands or leg or something doesn't move like it should or wow. work like it used to work anymore. Um, heart attacks, arthritis back problems, high blood pressure because of constant high levels of stress, um, brain damage. And brain damage here would be physical brain damage because someone hit you so hard or bashed your head in. Um, So that means physical, like really brain damage. Um, Migraines, um, chronic um, lung disease, And that is also actually caused by a lot of stress, hyperventilation. um, Anxiety, all of that that comes together with it. 
Yes, wow. cancer, stroke. Um, and something that really is often is anything with stomach-related problems, um, bowel diseases. Um, I want to say a lot of people with irritable bowel syndrome, um, they just struggle with their stomachs all the time. Because that's um, where the stress is sitting and that anxiety is, is, is coming from yes. there and it affects the body. It literally affects... It, it, it seems also like the abuse affects literally your mind, your body, physically, and as well as your soul, as your mental health and your well-being. Yes. And then a lot of times because of being so activated and on the go, um, hypervigilant from having trauma, we often see it with chronic, chronic fatigue syndrome where people just feel tired all of the time and I don't know why. Sure. Psychological... That also causes, I think that also, I know uh, chronic fatigue also causes weight gain, you know, stuff like that. And then it plays right back to where you were possibly as a child, as an adult is now it, it goes back onto your self-esteem. Now you don't like the way you look again. And, you know, you go right back to that, mental pattern that you had as a child of I'm not good enough you know people don't love me my family doesn't love me and you basically just go right back down that rabbit hole yes yes sure um the psychological consequences um there's quite a lot that happens um it impacts our educational abilities um it causes low self-esteem depression we have trouble especially forming um, relationships mm -hmm. because we become um, untrustworthy and we feel paranoid about everyone and we kind of expect everyone to hurt us from the get-go. So we sure. never really open up. We never really truly just be ourselves with anyone because we are just too afraid of and just being careful and just waiting for when will they start hurting you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And one of the things um, that causes a lot of a big problem actually is uh, our executive functioning and our cognitive skills um, that decreases a lot because in childhood, if you experience trauma, it happens in the time while your brain are actually developing. So mm -hmm. any trauma or anything that happens alters your brain in that time. Wow. So your brain doesn't get time to develop normally and then something changes. So you have a unique pathway in your brain that would be different from someone else um, because of what happens. And then it makes it um, more difficult to kind of correct it later. But luckily, the brain um, does have the ability to restore itself. Um, but this causes problem in memory, mm -hmm. in our working memory, multitasking, um, being able to self-control, to control our emotions as well, because our executive functioning is in the frontal part of our brain. And that's kind of the part that makes us human. That's where our problem solving skills is. That's where our personalities is. And mm. most of the time, that is only fully developed by the age of 24. 
Sure. So if all of the trauma happened before that, that part of our brain never even gets the chance to really develop just smoothly. And just think about it. I mean, the things that you are saying now at the age of 24, that's now when you're supposed to start working, already have a job. Now what happens is you have a job, you can't properly perform because you've got all these other things going on. It ends up causing unemployment and going back to the trauma list that you gave us earlier, that unemployment causes you to get substance abuse. It causes financial problems. It causes all those kind of things that just if you are the perpetrator or just one of the people in a situation like that, it just increases the, the risk in that situation just by, I mean, 100%. Yes, and we see a lot more learning difficulties, um, dyslexia, um, struggling to do maths, um, reading problems. We see a lot of ADHD symptoms and even autistic um, disorder symptoms. Sure. There's really a lot of things um, that can come out in behavior as well that really yeah. impact children at school or at university or anywhere where you are studying or working towards um, some some degree or occupation. It really is an evil cycle if you look at it and why so much more the responsibility is on us is to stop the cycle through, and I mean, we spoke about that the very first podcast is where Project Rage says, no blood on my hands, in the sense of it's our responsibility. Yes, the culture in South Africa might be that I'll rather keep quiet. Let me not, um, it's not my, you know, it's not my business. We used to think like that. But I think by bringing all these things to light and the causes and the, the responsibility of us as adults and even children to speak up, because I think what we start to see is children are now getting educated about what is abuse. And even they are speaking up because in a way we can stop that evil cycle and say, we're going to do something about that. And the future generation does not have to look like it's looking right now for us. And the typical mental health and emotional health disorders that kind of come from all of this would be depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, eating disorders, um, sure. substance abuse disorders, personality disorders, and dissociation disorders, where people kind of um, just put distance, become cold and aloof mm. because they can't... Um, stand to be in their bodies or can't stand well, to be part of absolute this sense. world and just kind of want to escape the world. And, and think about it is a person that gets neglected and experiences uh, an eating disorder or anything like that starts to eventually neglect their own bodies mm-hmm. and the people around them. You, you will physically build a wall around your heart and your emotions because I think those people also get to a point where they're like, I'm just tired of being hurt. And if I put this wall around me, whether it's physical, emotional, sexual, it, it doesn't matter. Any person reach a boundary or a place where they say, I can't do this anymore. And, and I think that's, it goes other two ways then. It goes into one, number one, treatment, or number two, I build this wall 
and basically the cycle continues. Yes, yes. Um, and then, of course, it definitely impacts our relationships because mm. we never formed a secure attachment. And mm. there's a insecure attachment or a reactive attachment, but basically it means you don't form a stable, caring relationship. And it could either be that you become the one that wants to control because you were used to control everyone and um, you re get reactive when you don't get what you want because mm. that's kind of what you taught through the reaction and the attachment you got. Or it becomes more the other way around where you kind of always expect people to leave you, to abandon you, to not be there for you, to not love you. You feel unwanted and you just always wait for people to stab you in the back sure. um, and then you start doing it to yourself because the other person is actually not doing it mm. and you like but what's going on so I will do it before they do it and mm. sure. self-sabotage ourselves by doing the one thing we are most afraid of to ourselves wow you know it's like I remember my mom used to say this growing up is in, and I don't think you do it on purpose, but you go into that state of mind where she used to say, cut your nose to spite your face, you know? Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you're presenting behavior. You think you're protecting yourself, but like you say, it's actually just self-sabotage. Yes, yes, yes. Sure. Um, and it's just things that you've learned because most people are not aware of those cycles. Mm -hmm. And we can't change something if we're not aware of it. Mm. How can we break that stigma? Because there's such a big stigma of, of a psychologist. How can we break that stigma? Because what it seems to me is we need these people. We need a psychologist to help us to change. And like you said, the, the pattern in our brains, the thinking, the habits. You need to get professional help. When do you know you're at that place where you say, I can't do this by myself. Like I said, we're either doing treatment, which would be seeing a psychologist, a doctor, or when do you get at that point? How do we break that stigma? Well, I think the stigma is really at a place at the moment where it's kind of been broken. Um, mm. And I think social media has really helped with that. Mm. Um, now most people are oversharing and just sharing their entire lives. And I think sometimes I want to put a bit of boundaries back again. Um, <laughs> but social media is definitely improved in getting everything out there and making it more normal to be mm. struggling. Mm. Um, and everyone should probably see a psychologist whenever they start feeling overwhelmed. Mm. Um, and that doesn't mean overwhelmed in now I definitely have depression or definitely have anxiety. But all of us get to a point in our work, in our relationships, everywhere we, we just feel a bit tired. Mm. And when we get to that point, we need to see someone and kind of put everything there so that we can put the pieces back together and see, am I still on the right track? Absolutely. Am I doing what I actually want to do? Or am I an autopilot? and I'm just surviving, or am I living? I think just say that again. Am I on <laughs> autopilot, 
or am <laughs> I just living? Because yeah. it doesn't even... Yes. Am I living? Mm. It doesn't even mean you have to be in a gender-based violence relationship. That goes for everybody. You get to a point where you're feeling, am I still living? Am I on autopilot? That is brilliant because I think we get to that point. So if you're getting at that point in your life, then you know it is time to see somebody. And there's absolutely no shame in that. It was explained to me by another doctor in this way is if you if you look at your hand, for instance, your past, and if you had a past that was full of uh, abuse, neglect, all the things that we spoke about now, it actually makes us sore. And all we do is everything that happens that is negative in our life, like you say, we are in this high alert. All we're doing is we're putting a plaster on this sore that's already here. We're covering it, but we're not healing it. And we need to get to that place where we say, we're going to remove the plaster and we're going to deal with the sore that is here. It might be swearing, it might be bleeding, it might be looking ugly, but that's it's it's neither here or there. It's it's time to remove that plaster and to say, I'm going to heal what was broken in the past. It is possible for that wound to heal through new habits and new ways of thinking, new ways of doing, surrounding yourself with different people, like you were saying, mm -hmm. helping yourself financially, maybe getting out of unemployment, starting your own business. There are so many ways that it can help you. And when you go and visit the professional, they can help you with all those little things and they can help you to put each thing back into its box where it needs to be. And the one thing to know about psychologists is we don't read minds. We definitely don't. We, we use the client to do all the work because mm -hmm. there's no one that knows themselves better than that person. So awesome. you don't go to a psychologist so that they can tell you what to do. You go to a psychologist to put all these thoughts that are fleeing through our minds daily, to put it out somewhere, mm. to make sense of them so mm. that we can sort them. That's very and well said. Then you are able to decide, oh, this is what I actually want still. Mm. Because we all just want a meaningful life. Yes. And going to a psychologist, we want growth and we want meaningful life. And, and impact, like you said, leaving help. people with impact. And ensuring that they have the power to change and change that they want. Mm. That's amazing. So talk to me about uh, treatment. What treatment is available for either the perpetrator or the victim of gender-based violence? So luckily today there's a lot of treatment um, options available for trauma. Um, trauma is probably one of the areas that gets most of the research as well. So mm -hmm. a lot of um, the modalities or psychotherapies are always incorporated to trauma. So anyone will get a type of therapist they want to work with. Mm -hmm. um, but just to mention some sort of the therapies that is available, one of the, the one that is currently kind of um, seen as the best um, on top in research is EMDR therapy. And that is focused to work directly with the traumatic images and changing um, and debriefing around the images. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of trauma enforced 
um, therapies where um, most of the trauma therapies actually goes around going back to the memory, healing from the memory, taking the debriefing, going through it step by step, working and taking, diffusing our minds because we always ask ourselves, what if, what if, what mm. if, and learning to diffuse from it but heal with that as well from being that small child not having control and using your adult side now to help that inner child or that person and that situation um, and then it always goes out to other things as well what can I do in my daily life to make help my functioning mm -hmm. um, what is my values Absolutely. what do mm -hmm. I believe I've been pushed on a lot of values and the ways mm. of thinking. But wait, mm. now I don't have to think like they do anymore. Mm. What is my values? What do I believe around the world? And um, what is important to me? And to discover the, I want to say, kind of the identity of the person. Or Absolutely. Absolutely. And find that value within you to say, but this is who I am. This is what I believe. And, and like we said earlier, that brick wall that gets built around that person needs to be broken down brick by brick. And then literally a new foundation will be laid and self-esteem and values and all the things that builds life and builds a person and builds, builds your vision and your future will have to be rebuilt again. And probably one of the things I think trauma treatment can't do without and actually the world can't do without is self-compassion. I love that. Empathy and compassion. We have so much compassion towards others. But mm. the moment when it comes to ourselves, we can't. Um, and if someone can get to a point where they can just practice self-compassion, they have won half the war. I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. I think it's it gets to a point where we can allow ourselves to rest, arouse, allow ourselves to take a break. But more than that, most of us has been through traumatic experiences in our lives. So we can allow ourselves to take the time to heal as well. Hmm. Um, and with that, a lot of how we react and what happens kind of to our personality, how it's displayed is has a lot to do with our attachment that we had as a child being exposed mm. to that. And then it comes back to the changes that happen in the brain as well. Mm. And the most important kind of things is we have um, three emotion regulation systems that goes on in the brain. And it's kind of very simplistic, but wonderful at the same time, because the one is a threat system. And mostly what we see is people that goes through trauma or traumatic incidents, um, one or 20, activate more of the time from a threat system. And a threat system usually releases the hormones of um, um, 
adrenaline, cortisol, and um, everything that kind of makes us hot. And high yeah. cortisol levels causes depression at the end of the day. And that fun- functions just out of our emotional brain. And again, and- look at what you're saying, that high cortisol, that high energy that hype the whole time. I mean, no person can live like that all day long. So eventually, it's absolutely going to affect your body. Once again, it goes back to the body. Once your body is tired, your mind is going to be tired. So it just goes around the entire time. Yes. And then we get the drive system. The drive system is the one that says go get it's everything that makes us kind of feel pumped and yes we're gonna go and do this and this is our dopamine hormones and um this is what makes us want to achieve wow but if you operate the whole time to send between your threat system and your drive system you never get a break and you go with your threat system you want to protect yourself and you go with your drive system and you can look a little bit arrogant as well there. Like, I know mm. it all. I'm just going. I'm just going to do it. But the dopamine um, drive system can also be a good thing because that's what mm. help us to compete in sports yeah. and do well in sports or get through exam um, mm. or have the guts to go say hi to someone else. Um, sure. So it's an important system. But if you combine a threat system and a drive system and that's all you function from all the time, you you can't. You're going to burn out. Yeah. And, that out. and it comes back to that fatigue that you were speaking about earlier. That's why mm-hmm. you burn out is because you're in between the two all the time. You, you, yes. Your body and your mind is in a complete overdrive. Yes. And the dopamine can cause a lot of anxiety as well. So all the time you are in this push and pull between depression Mm. and anxiety. Wow. And we want to kind of introduce to people the third system that is our soothing system. And our soothing system is our opiates. It's the nice hormones. It's what makes us feel relaxed. Mm. And it's the... um, oxytocin hormone that is with touch that we Mm. feel with touch so it can be just sitting next to someone or touching someone's hand or just being with someone in the same room it's not difficult to get that Um, it can be showing the compassion for yourself it calms us down it connects us it grounds us in the present moment again Mm. and if we can alternate between all three systems and mm. use them when they are appropriate, we have balance. Mm. That's amazing. Tell me the three systems again. It's threat, thrive, it's and what's the third drive, one? Like drive. Yeah. Threat, and drive. And your soothing system. That's awesome. And you need to get a yes. balance between the three. And I, yes. I think the soothing system in today's terms, not in a medical way, we can look at something like the five love languages, because if you can understand somebody's love language, you can also, you can understand your own love language. You can, Mm -hmm. for the lack of a better word, soothe yourself, but also the people that you are living with is to bring that calmness, to bring that love, to bring that joy um, to them as well. Mm. And through this free brain systems, 
we are using the whole brain and not just parts of it. Because the soothing system is the system that happens in our front part of our brain, where connection, um, personality is. So love languages, yes, will definitely help with that because it's about relationships, forming connection, and that all happens in the front part. The drive system um, is kind of in the middle of the brain and that will go with all of the motor development and everything as well. And our threat system, the drive system and the threat system is both kind of in the middle and forms part of the emotional system, um, the limbus um, system. And if we kind of just keep functioning from there, everything is emotion and there's never the balance out of... And you don't have that connection. Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> your Wi-Fi connection is not working properly. <laughs> no. In your brain. <laughs> in your brain, because that's what's happening is the back and the front is not talking to each other. And that causes yes. us to make, I think it causes us also to make poor decisions at the end of the day. It definitely does. Um, and how it causes impulsive decisions. Yes. And, and that difference between when you are reacting to something that is happening versus responding to something that is happening. Yeah. Ajran, I want to thank you for your time today on 10 intentional minutes with Yanin. This has been very, very intentional, but also in a way we learned so much. And I love the fact how we can bring together gender-based violence with our bodies, with our brains, children, the future, the next generation. There is so much for us to learn. And and I also want to say thank you for breaking the stigma of can I go and seek help? Can I go and seek a psychologist for this? Whether you are the perpetrator or the victim, there is something, there is treatment, there is medicine, there is ways for you to get through this and live, I want to say, a normal life. Like you said earlier, to wake up and just have a normal day and not having to be in that that rush and that high energy the entire time. We can, with the help of professionals, live a normal life. I want to say a meaningful life because today we don't know what's normal. A meaningful life. I love that. Ajran, thank Mm -hmm. you very much. It's been an honor to have you on the show and I hope to see you soon. There's a lot to talk about. Thank you very much. It was an honor being on your show and good luck with you Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to 10 Intentional Minutes with Yanin. If this program has helped you in any way today, be intentional and share it with a friend. To order your copy of Intentionality, go to www.inten.co.za or shop online and purchase your copy from all leading and participating retailers. Follow me on social media at janintukabu.co.za or visit my website for more information. Now, go be intentional.